Hey everyone, I'm Stephanie. I'm a book-loving, notebook hoarding, literacy teacher educator on a mission to change lives, one book and one notebook at a time. And this is the Get Literate Podcast. On this podcast, we explore the power of leading literate lives. We talk all things books and reading and notebooks and writing. We lean into our curiosity and creativity and embrace a spirit of lifelong learning to cultivate a life we love. Now grab a notebook and your TBR list and let's get literate. Hey everyone, Stephanie here. So excited to welcome you to today's episode of the Get Literate podcast. It's a Thursday, and that means we have a bit more freedom to explore all things books and reading, writing in notebooks, learning, creativity, and more. And today, the topic that I am talking to you about is incredibly close to my heart. And in fact, it's actually the whole basis that this entire podcast was built on. Today, we're talking about bibliotherapy. Now, since I first talked about bibliotherapy on my blog, and especially since I've started this podcast, I've gotten lots of emails and direct messages filled with questions about bibliotherapy. What is it? Is it even a thing? How does it work? How do you get started? How do you do it? How do you know what books to choose? Does it actually help? Wait, are you even a therapist? Today, we are talking about all of those questions and more. I want to give you a background on bibliotherapy to give you a sneak peek into my brain and how it works and what I've been exploring in my own personal life and especially in my career. Give you a bit of inspiration, a spark, if you will, to try bibliotherapy in your own life and give you four steps to get started. So to begin, let's explore the number one question that slides into my inbox. What even is bibliotherapy? Well, if we were to ask Webster, the dictionary would say that bibliotherapy is the use of reading materials to help in solving personal problems or for psychiatric therapy. Now, for the record, let me just say, I am not a therapist. I am not a licensed mental health professional. Yes, I have a PhD, but it's in education. Combine that with how much I read and I can give lots of reading advice, but not medical advice. So while that may be Webster's definition, here's mine. My personal idea of what bibliotherapy is, is this. We can use books to help us grow through what we go through. That's it. We can use books to help us grow through what we go through. Now, how? Well, that's what we're gonna talk about today. How does it actually work? What are the steps you have to take? Now, I developed a framework in my time as an educator to help students and teachers, and now just all readers and writers, develop their literate lives? How can we lead full, rich lives that are filled with reading and writing and learning? 
all of my research, all of my experience, all of my time has led me to create a particular framework that I think works really well for bibliotherapy, as well as our work in our regular lives and in our classrooms. So my framework is called Habits, Hearts, Communities. That's it. Those are the three things that I think are key in creating a literate life for ourselves and to lead us into this idea of bibliotherapy. So let's tackle each one, one at a time. Let's start with our reading habits. So our reading habits are the actual act of reading. How many times a week do we open a book? How many minutes? Do we sit with a book? What are the routines and rituals in place that support our daily reading anyway? Those are all things we can ask about our reading habits. And unless we have strong reading habits firmly in place, we read and we read often, we can't get the benefits of bibliotherapy. We can't get the benefits of going deeper into our book selection to help us grow through what we go through unless we actually find the time to read first. So that's why the first step in bibliotherapy for ourselves is to actually make sure we are reading and we are reading often. Now, why? Right now, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know your why. You know all the benefits that come with reading, especially daily reading. But I wanna take a minute to talk about them explicitly. Because so far, I've said that bibliotherapy is the idea that books can help us grow through what we go through. But there are actually even more documented, researched benefits to reading that go beyond the personal and actually get into the physical. So let me just tell you just a handful of the physical, cognitive, and emotional benefits that have been documented and researched just by reading. So physically, when we read, our heart rate slows down. Our muscles physically and literally relax, which all goes towards supporting greater sleep, especially if we are reading at night. Research has shown that reading can actually lower our stress by up to 68%, and it can even lengthen our life by up to two years. Think about that. A better heart rate, more relaxed muscles, better sleep, lower stress, a longer life, all because we pick up a book regularly. Now you might be thinking, okay, Stephanie, I don't have hours and hours to read every day to get those physical benefits that I imagine come with only a lot of reading. But here's the thing. Most of this research was done with participants who were reading a minimum of six minutes a day. Six minutes, not 60, six. Six minutes a day is all you need to start a cumulative physical effect in your body. We all can find six minutes. We can put our phones down for six minutes. We can set our alarm for six minutes earlier. We can turn the TV off at night six minutes earlier for sneaking in some extra reading. There are things that we can do to make sure 
we get at least six minutes of reading in. And that's just the physical benefits. Cognitively, when we engage in that consistent reading, we boost our vocabulary and our knowledge through the actual content that we are reading. Reading has been shown to improve our memory, to strengthen our brains, and literally prevent age-related cognitive decline. Can you imagine? Can you imagine six minutes of reading doing all of those wonderful brain-boosting things to your mind? Now, emotionally, there's more. Reading consistently can help alleviate depression. It can help boost your happiness, and it can even increase your ability to empathize. This is the part that I love. We have mirror neurons in our brain, and these mirror neurons fire up when we see something happening to someone. So it's it's the reason why if you're watching something and someone gets hurt, you, you can feel for them. You can almost feel it. Or if you know a friend is going through a horrific situation, you can feel some of those emotions along with her. That's because our mirror neurons fire based on what we're seeing. But research shows that those same mirror neurons fire when we are reading too. So we can literally feel and experience in our brains some of what these characters are going through. And if we're taking care to read books that have characters that are not like us, living in places that are not like where we're from, going through situations that we have never had to go through, then we can actually learn from them. We can empathize more. We can literally make the world a better place because we have a perspective that we didn't have before. So physical benefits, cognitive benefits, emotional benefits, all in six minutes of reading. That sets the stage for bibliotherapy. That's before we even talk about using books to help us grow through what we go through. The physical act of reading brings us that much. Now, once we've got that six minutes of reading set and settled, and we are well on our way to building a reading habit, we can layer in more of what we need to read in order to grow through what we go through. So we can strategically choose books to help us feel seen. We can strategically choose books to help us see something different. We want things to touch our hearts in a particular way because what we read matters and how we think about that reading matters. If I am going through a particularly anxious time, then if I read books like Present Over Perfect, by Shauna Nequist, or Separation Anxiety by Laura Zygman, or the middle grade novel You Go First by Erin and Trotta Kelly, then I can situate myself within those books to be seen and to see. So I can feel less alone, but I also might be able to see solutions that these characters found that maybe I can apply to my own life. Now, maybe you're going through a patch where you feel like your creativity is just missing and flew out the window and you want to get it back. What better way to surround yourself with inspiration than reading about characters who have lost their way but found it or who are really good at surrounding themselves by the creative process. So reading books like Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert. 
Craft a Life You Love by Amy Tangerine, or one of my personal favorites, Love Lettering by Kate Claiborne. Right? We could even read books to help us escape. Maybe we just we just want to get away from what we're going through for a few minutes. That's okay too. You can read books like The Loveliest Chocolate Shop in Paris by Jenny Colgan, one of my favorites as well. How about The Traveling Cat Chronicles by Hiro Arakawa? The Book of Lost Things by John Connolly, or another one of my favorites, you've heard it on the podcast before, The Particular Sadness of Lemon Cake by Amy Bender. My point is that we can intentionally curate a TBR stack that is going to speak directly to our reading hearts to help us think and feel and operate in the world a little bit differently. And once you start to do that, once you start to change the way you think based on all of these new friends and all of this new information that you're getting through the pages of a book, the next step in your journey, the next step in bibliotherapy is to strengthen your community around those things. So that might start by sharing the books that we're reading with others, sharing our thinking and our responses to the books with others. Maybe that starts with some simple reflection in your own personal notebook. And then maybe that grows to telling a friend, to joining a book club, to going on a virtual event online, to heading to bookstores, to talk to people who you haven't even met yet about books and how they're changing you. The act of talking about books with others supports our reading growth, but it certainly supports our actual growth as we widen our social communities too. And what do the results show? What do the results show about using bibliotherapy to help us grow through what we go through? Well, quite simply, it works. There's a lot of research out there on how bibliotherapy can help bring us a higher level of self-awareness, a bigger and better understanding of ourselves. It can help us find emotional connections that we might be missing or craving. It can help us release some pent up or blocked emotions as we see the characters doing just that. These characters, even fictional, can be models and mentors for where we're hoping our life will grow. And as I mentioned, it can increase compassion around all of these things. Research has shown that lots of conditions can benefit from bibliotherapy, things like anxiety, depression, eating disorders, our relationship struggles, substance abuse, grief, and has even been shown to be positive when working with children. I mean, could you imagine learning how to rely on books to help you go through a tough time rather than some of the other more negative vices that might be calling our names? Learning that from a young age could be a very powerful tool. So I'm hoping that I've convinced you about the power of bibliotherapy. And so right now you might be thinking, okay, so how exactly do I do it? Is there a right way? Is there a series of steps to take? And quite simply, there isn't. You just need to pick up a book and start reading something that speaks to you and then keep on doing that. 
But if you want a structure, I have created a very simple framework that can help people get the most out of their reading life so it can actually benefit their actual lives too. So the very first thing that you need to do is to spend a few minutes alone with yourself and think about your current identity, what you want, and where you want to grow. So maybe you just sit for a few minutes and you think of these things. Maybe you get out your voice recorder on your phone and you just talk about those things. Who am I? What do I want? What goals do I have? Maybe you get out your notebook and you start journaling on those same questions. The choice is yours, but you want to spend a couple of minutes thinking about what your life needs right now and what you want your life to have right now so that you can come up with a list of possibilities that will drive your reading life, right? So if you make a list of all the identities you hold, you're a wife, you're a mother, you're a teacher, you're a nurse, you're a friend, you are a crafting genius, whatever those identities are, think about which ones do I want to strengthen? Which ones do I want to shift or change or grow? What do I want to bring more of into my life? Starting by bringing more of that thing into your reading life can be a wonderful catalyst for bringing it into your actual life too. So once you have a list of those ideas, where you want to head in your life and what you want to grow and cultivate, it's time to find books, right? So you can head to the library and you can do a search and you can ask the librarian. You could head online and ask Google, go to your favorite book blogs. Of course, you can scroll through past episodes of the Get Literate podcast and look at all of our Tuesday posts where I share three books you need to know about on a particular theme, or you could reach out. That's been my favorite part of this podcast, getting emails and messages from people who want their own specific set of three books that I might recommend based on what they want out of their life. So there's lots of options, but you need to find a book or two or three to add to your stack. And I recommend that you diversify your stack here. Think fiction and nonfiction and poetry and memoir. Don't just stick to fictional titles here or don't just head to the nonfiction. Broaden it, balance it, because we'll take away something different from each book genre and each format. Once you have your stack of books, it's time to read them. It's time to pull out all the stops in finding the time to read each day. Now, I offer lots of ideas in my book, Leading Literate Lives, things like developing your morning routine or your evening routine, creating your book stacks, making sure there's always a book in your bag, creating tripwires for yourself and more. But you want to read those books and you want to read them with intention. Now, how do you do that? My absolute favorite way to read with intention is the book head heart framework. That's the book head heart framework by Beers and Probst. It's what I use in my work with students to help them get the most out of a reading experience. And I think it's applicable to all readers of all ages everywhere. 
you basically ask yourself three things as you read. First, the head. So what is this book about? And what does this author want me to know? Then you think about your heart. What am I thinking about as I read? What's surprising me? What's challenging me? How am I feeling in my heart as I continue? Or I'm sorry, that's next. What am I, what am I feeling in my head? What are those emotions coming up? Which leads us to the heart. What did I learn about myself from that process? And how can what I learn help me be better? So three lenses as you're reading. What's in my head or what's in the book and what's in my heart? And then all you do is rinse and repeat. Book after book after book. Ask yourself those questions. See what you're learning. See where it's taking you. And I highly recommend that you jot down what you're learning in a notebook because we could spend a whole nother episode on the power of writing and scriptotherapy because those benefits double when you add that in to your reading life. Now, I mentioned my book, Leading Literate Lives, and in there, I have lots of strategies that help bring bibliotherapy to life. Things like taking your own personal x-ray, creating a reading staircase, creating some fun book talk speech bubbles, doing some heart mapping, and thinking about marginalia and annotating in the books we read too. Essentially, bibliotherapy helps you lean into your reading life as a way to make your actual life better. First, by building strong habits that give you all those physical and cognitive and emotional benefits, and then leaning into your reading hearts where you can really learn and be specific so that you can grow through what you go through, and then building that community, that social piece. As you are reading, as you are noting, as you are repeating the process, hopefully you're sharing about it with others. You're talking to people about what you're learning, about what you're doing, so that you can be brought into those wider conversations and learn from them as well. So that's that's it. That's an overview of what bibliotherapy is, why it matters, and how you can get started. Now, if you want to know more, I would love to know that. Send me your questions. We can always do a couple more deep dive episodes into specific aspects of bibliotherapy that interest you. And just send me an email. Let me know that this is resonating with you. And if you want some personalized matchmaking sessions, right, let me know that too. That's one of my favorite things is to reply to those emails and direct messages with books that I think are specifically paired for you. Now, this is a journey. It's a journey that I'm on. It's a journey that I'm still on. And so as I keep reading and learning and growing and researching, you can bet that I will share what I'm learning on the podcast and with all of you that are interested. So that's it for now. Thanks for listening to me talk about one of my most favorite things, bibliotherapy. And I hope it inspires you to do a little bibliotherapy of your own. So thanks for listening. And as always, happy reading.
thanks for listening to today's episode of the Get Literate Podcast. You'll find links to all of the books, resources, and ideas mentioned in the show notes and at alitlife.com. You'll also find additional inspiration for your reading and writing life there, like book lists, notebooking ideas, personalized book recommendations, and an invitation to join my Get Literate Patreon community. Each month, we take a deep dive into one bookish theme and work to bring it to life in our own lives. You'll get bonus episodes, book calendars, live book club and notebooking sessions, special events, and much, much more. You can find more about the Get Literate Patreon community at getliterate.co. And one more thing, if you love what you listen to today, please take a moment to rate and review the podcast or just take a screenshot of the episode and text it to a friend. This helps the podcast grow and builds our bookish and notebookish community too. Thanks for listening.